Well, the latest shortage is tampons. But the question is, what's causing it? Is it just the latest in supply chain issues caused by the Biden administration? Is it because we're putting tampons in men's bathrooms? Or is it Amy Schumer's fault? Hi, I'm Julie Barrett. I'm the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington, and I'm your host for the Women's Splaining podcast. Today, we're digging in to the tampon shortage. What's actually causing it? Well, yesterday, social media kind of exploded with the news of the tampon shortage. This has been going on for actually several months, kind of along with the baby formula supply issue. It's not really a new thing. It's been in the works for a while, and it's just sort of coming to light now. What was funny is the New York Post ran an article last week where Tampax is blaming Amy Schumer for the shortage of tampons. Schumer, 41, appeared in advertisements for Tampax, America's most popular tampon brand owned by Procter & Gamble, aiming to normalize conversations about menstruation in July of 2020. Retail sales growth has exploded, company spokeswoman Sherry McMaster told Time magazine, saying demand is up 7.7% since the Oscars 2022 host starred in a series of commercials for the corporation almost two years ago. Tampax tampons are currently hard to come by at grocery stores in many parts of the country, with Amazon sellers taking advantage of the shortage. In January, the outlet reports one box of 18 Tampax listed for $114. Okay, and then the article goes on to blame Schumer for the shortage, and then they link to the ads that Schumer did. There's a series of videos, so you can find um, the link to those videos in the notes if you care to go watch this. But I found it pretty humorous that Procter & Gamble is attributing the tampon shortage to Amy Schumer's amazing advertisements. I can't think of any woman who is purchasing her tampon brand because of a Hollywood star. But again, most of my circle isn't influenced heavily by Hollywood stars or social media influencers. But I thought it was hilarious. So I had to point it out to you. Other sources are saying that this is yet another supply chain shortage. Newsmax is reporting this situation has been going on for months, but has gotten increasing media attention in the past few days. Patrick Penfield, a supply chain management specialist at Syracuse University, says demand has increased recently in particular because of additional purchases by consumers who see the shortage of certain brands and panic that they won't be able to get more product. He compared it to people stockpiling toilet paper at the start of the pandemic. There is also a shortage of certain raw materials, including cotton and plastic, he said. This is the third straight year where demand for cotton in the U.S. has exceeded what U.S. firms are producing. That kind of goes along with the other talking points regarding the supply chain issues. I personally have not witnessed a huge rush of people going out and buying tampons. I do think it's interesting to note that we are now putting 
tampons in men's bathrooms. I was looking at uh, an article from Daily Wire. This is dated December 23rd, 2019, and it's um, the ACLU is demanding menstrual equity, which means putting tampons in men's bathrooms. We've seen a lot of that this last year. Um, in fact, the last several months in Oregon, the governor of Oregon and their state legislature passed a law that puts tampons in the boys' bathrooms in public schools from elementary all the way through high school. Well, if we're now doubling where we're putting tampons, that might be part of the supply problem. If we're not making more tampons for 50% more users, it would seem natural that we would see a shortage that we're running out because we're putting these tampons in additional places. I want to read for you from this article from 2019 because I think part of this conversation that I want to have is about men's bathrooms having tampons, especially as we talk about in the schools. Because as a parent of teenagers, or if you're a parent of young boys, whatever age, I think it's pretty self-explanatory what's going to happen if you put feminine hygiene products in a boy's bathroom. Now, the men's room where you're typically looking at adult males may be a little bit better, but you see these in high schools, middle schools, even elementary schools, and you're going to see a lot of misuse of feminine hygiene products. You're going to see clogged toilets, clogged sinks. You're going to see all kinds of pranks going on with using these products. So, From the article, it says, on Tuesday, keeping in mind this is 2019, the ACLU said men's bathrooms should be equipped with tampons and menstruation products since men can have their periods too. While free menstrual products are not uniformly provided in women's restrooms, they are almost never available in men's restrooms, even for pay. Men's restrooms are also less likely to have a place to dispose of these products conveniently, privately, and hygienically. The group highlighted men's homeless shelters and men's prisons as being inadequate with regard to menstrual equity. Similarly, women's homeless shelters sometimes provide menstrual products, but men's typically don't. Some domestic violence shelters exclude trans and non-binary people, even though more than half have experienced intimate partner violence. While access to menstrual product in women's prisons is often inadequate, it is far worse in men's prisons. Trans and non-binary people may be incarcerated in either. So this is really interesting. I don't know how many trans men, am I saying that right? Like that would be a woman who has transitioned to a man. So a trans man, I don't know how many of those people are in prisons. It seems to me that mostly what we're seeing is the trans woman. So the male that's transitioning to female, wanting to be in the women's restrooms, in the women's prisons, in women's sports, in women's bathrooms. We typically aren't seeing it go the other way, but it sure is interesting to see how the radical left is spinning this and making it about menstrual equity and that not just women menstruate. Now, There was a very funny tweet on NPR's Twitter feed the other day. They shared a link to the article titled, Tampons are the latest supply chain casualty. Women took notice months ago. 
Okay, so that's the title of the article. Now their caption is tampons, a necessity for many, are becoming harder and harder to find. People who menstruate are saying it's hard to find tampons on store shelves across the U.S. right now as supply chain upsets reach the feminine care aisle. Now, what's funny about this is NPR's social media person is trying to use inclusive language by saying people who menstruate. In the same caption, they call it the feminine care aisle. So they've got a conflict there. And then, of course, you've got the title of the article, which is written by somebody completely different, likely than whoever's running the social media, is saying women took notice months ago because 99.9% of the population believe that only women menstruate and that people don't menstruate. Now, if someone wants to transition to a different gender, that's fine. Knock yourself out. You do you. But don't expect the rest of us to call you something new or to change the rules because you have decided that you are not a woman, you're a man. That doesn't change the fact that men do not menstruate. You are still a woman, biologically speaking, and nothing can change that. Now, along this lines of inclusive language, Miss Universe tweeted yesterday about menstruating and using inclusive language. This is very ironic to me since Miss Universe used to be about celebrating women, celebrating beautiful women. So on their Twitter, they post a number of pictures and they the caption says, inclusive language is important, especially when speaking about periods. Thinking menstrual health is only a niche topic for women excludes transgender, non-binary, and gender non-conforming people who have periods from the conversation. So then they've got this series of graphics, how to talk about periods. Say this, reproductive health, not this, women's health. Say this, people who have periods, not this, women who have periods. Not all women menstruate and not all people who menstruate are women. I don't know about you, but as a woman, I really find these weird, woke word games really insulting. As a woman who has given birth to four children, who has lived with the ups and downs, shall we say, of a woman's body and the experience of being a woman, I find this particularly insulting. And I think that what we are doing to our young children by playing these woke word games is is really dangerous and allowing our children to grow up in a very dysfunctional way, teaching our children and making it acceptable in society to say things like people menstruate and putting tampons in men's bathrooms is just, I mean, just further decline of our society that we are seeing in so many ways. And I've highlighted a lot of this decline of our society in the podcast this month with Pride Month and all of the drag shows that we're seeing and parents pushing this sexual gender identity onto children. We have to be as outspoken as we possibly can about these issues and standing for truth and not engaging in these kind of word games and really speaking out to the people who are are doing this kind of thing 
so that they know it's not acceptable to us. Because if we don't say something, then our silence says that it's acceptable. Now, in a case like this, I'm not really sure who you speak out to. But, you know, if your kid's school is putting tampons in the boys' bathrooms, well, then you could certainly speak out to the administrators at your child's school. You could write a letter to the superintendent. You could email the state superintendent. You could email the um, teachers' union. I mean, I don't know what good the teachers' union would do, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to express your position to all of the people. And I know it takes time, but one of the things I see from people who are I'm going to say on the right, but also just the moderates, the same people who don't agree with this is we're kind of lazy this way. And I shouldn't, I don't mean that we're lazy, but that we have a lot of other things going on. And this kind of thing doesn't take front and center. It's just annoying. But the problem is we haven't spoken up about these things in the past and our silence has allowed them to take this so far off the left cliff that I don't know if we can bring it back. That remains to be seen. So back to the tampon issue, is it because of Amy Schumer? Is it because they're putting tampons in the boys' bathrooms? Or is this simply a supply chain issue? Thank you, Joe Biden. Well, I think it's probably a combination of all of the above. I'm going to say not so much Amy Schumer, although I'm sure she'd love to think that she's so amazing that she's causing a tampax, tampon shortage in the United States. I do think it is, it is, though, a combination of the fact that we are using more tampons in places they don't need to be, which is keeping them out of the hands of women who actually need them. And we're also having these supply chain issues. And one of the things that Newsmax notes about this is that they are still the factories of Procter & Gamble, who is one of the largest makers of tampons is that they are still having a staffing shortage due to COVID-19. So they're saying that it's due to COVID-19 spikes. But I have a feeling that this is just sort of a runoff of what we saw during COVID and people being rewarded by the government financially for not working. And so it's hard to get these people to go back to work. And we're seeing these staffing shortages in all areas of business and consumer life throughout the United States. So in addition to the materials, we also have the staffing shortage as well. And I don't personally believe that it's due to people who currently have COVID or have the virus. And I could, I actually have a lot of thoughts on people who are currently testing as positive and is that COVID or is that just a cold and what are we calling it? But that's for another episode. We'll see if I get to that maybe next week. The factories are predicting that production will be back up to normal levels within the next six months. But it, this is yet another issue that Republicans can take advantage of, of where consumers are being hurt by issues within the Biden administration. So we'll see how this all plays out. Okay, another Pride Month feature I want to bring to you. There is a reporter named Savannah Hernandez, who she was actually banned from Twitter. And she does a, she's an independent reporter, um, her YouTube channel, or I'm not sure where she hosts it, but it's Sav Says. 
And she goes around to different protests and parades and events and things talking to people and reporting on what's going on. And she was at a pride event recently where she interviews two biological females. They look to be, I would say, about 13 years old, maybe 14. And she's asking them about, you know, the gender sexuality stuff. And their responses are, as a mom, I'm going to say they're alarming because these kids are so confused. And as I talked about in a recent episode, that is the point is to confuse these kids and that this is also something that's trendy in our schools with our youth on social media and it is a social contagion and I'm going to play this clip of her talking to these two girls so you can hear exactly what they say and how they say it and you will realize just how confused these children are about sexual identity and it makes it very clear what our society is doing to these kids we have made this an issue for them so take a listen to this um i'm gay (laughs) what age did you know that you were gay um i think at like 10 i knew that i i think at 10 but i wasn't like i wasn't clear on my gender yeah, I I think it, it was around, like, 10 as well when I, st- I started questioning if I was bi. And then since then, it was kind of like a, a slippery slope because I kept, I was like, am I bi, omni, lesbian? And then I, I kind of, like, came to the point, and then now, recently, I've been like, am I pan? But then I, like, I think now I'm starting to realize that I'm queer. But yeah, it was, it started around 10. It wasn't, like, fully formed, but I guess, like, that's when I realized, wait, that's a possibility? Yeah, I am genderqueer, transmask, and queer. What's transmask? Transmask is like people under the non-binary umbrella identifying like or presenting mask. Masculine? Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm trans and uh, un- my sexuality is unlabeled. Um, I use he, him pronouns. Yeah, and I use he, they pronouns. Tell us what you... Oh, it just hurts my heart for these kids that... They're even dealing with this. And these kids, as I rewatch this, as I play it for you, they might not even be 13. They're very young. And I've got a link to the video in the notes so you can go watch it for yourself. As you can hear, Savannah goes on to talk to more people. But they have, it's like an array. It's literally a rainbow of options of sexualities that you can choose from. And children are without adult direction they don't know which way to go. And if you give them 72 flavors of sexuality and gender to choose from, they're going to bounce all over the place like these kids are. Children need guardrails. And the radical left has blown the guardrails completely off the road. And so these kids are just spinning out of control. And if we as adults, as Christians do not stand up against this kind of thing, we are going to see our society completely destroyed because play this out a little bit. Let's see what these girls look like 10 years from now as they're in their early 20s and they're still confused and trying to figure out what they are. I mean, you heard that one girl say, you know, I'm pan, I'm bi, I'm trans mask, trans masculine. What does that even mean? And my pronouns are he, they. 
we have just destroyed sexuality for these children at 10 years old. You know, I think back to when I was 10 years old, I wasn't even thinking about sexuality. I mean, that was the last thing from my mind. I was probably still playing with Barbies, which, you know, that that, you know, we grew up in a time when Barbie's body was sort of an issue because what are we teaching girls about their bodies? Well, now we're teaching girls that you can just cut off your breasts and attach a penis and you're good to go. Be whatever you want. So how far we have come. This is happening on such a wide scale and it has become completely acceptable in our society. As we are currently in Pride Month right now, we are seeing all over the country And this is primarily an American thing. We're seeing it all over the country. Different people, different groups, businesses, even churches are celebrating this idea that gender is malleable. Sex is sexual identity are celebrating this idea that you can choose your gender. You can choose from any sexual identity that you want. It is like the moral decline of our society is absolutely heartbreaking. I don't even, I I don't know how to get people's attention and I don't know how to, you know, I feel so disturbed by all of this. I don't know if people realize the magnitude of what we are dealing with right now. Someone said to me on Twitter yesterday after I tweeted about something, they said, where did all these demons come from? It's like they have just multiplied in recent years. And I 100% agree that this is a spiritual battle and that what we are seeing is evil and demonic. And I think that what you see is you have evil forces in the world and evil attracts evil, right? And it just spreads. It's just like if you are a Christian and you're spreading the good news of Jesus Christ with other people, you're going to bring more, lead more people to Jesus Christ and you're going to lead people into Christianity. Well, the same goes with evil and it's easy to be evil. It's easy to do evil things. It's easy to practice sexual immorality. The other way, sexual morality, integrity, living a Christian life is much more difficult and it takes much more restraint than it does to be, you know, to practice evil. And that's what we're seeing in our society is that people want that instant gratification. They want to be free to do whatever they want to do. It's all about me. There is a huge role of narcissism in our society. And that is what we're seeing. And we as Christians, we as conservatives need to wake up and we need to start being outspoken and we need to share the good news of Jesus Christ and that there is so much more contentment to be found in Christ than to go down the path of evil and destruction. I mean, there is such a peace in knowing that you have identity in Jesus Christ and knowing that you were created on purpose for a purpose and that you are unique and special and that you are not a mistake and that nothing is wrong with you. And that's what the devil hates. The devil hates people who know who they are because he can't shake us. And so I'm going to leave it there for today. I hate to keep sharing all this garbage with you guys, but this is where we're at right now and you guys need to know it. And I want to empower you and encourage you to please speak up where you can. 
Please be a light in dark places. I know many of you are, maybe you're in public schools or maybe you're in a corporation where this woke agenda is really being pushed hard and your coworkers all have pronouns in their bio. And I just want to encourage you to, you know, stand strong and be an encouragement, be a light in these dark places to other people, because that is really how we are going to witness to the other side. So stay strong. Remember that light always wins. And it's not even a fair fight. The darkness shall not overcome it. I hope you have a great day. If you have any topic ideas for me, please do reach out. All my contact info is in the notes. If you like this podcast, would you please do me a favor and rate it and share it? And I will look forward to chatting with you again next time. 